Good morning, church. It's great to be with you again. I hope you've had a good week. Uh, we at the Bell Shoals Church of Christ welcome those who may not know us that well. We're a family of believers dedicated and focused on worshiping God the Father in spirit and truth. We're trying to do that through this avenue right now. And we want to share Christ Jesus with the world around us. We want you to know Jesus personally. And we want to see your life transformed in a positive way by not only knowing Jesus and being saved forevermore, but having a blessed life now. And one of the ways we have that blessed life is the Spirit works upon our heart and we get involved in works of service. So we are a church that's dedicated to that idea. That sounds like something you'd want to be a part of then Bell Shoals, soon to be Creekside, might be the home you're looking for. Uh, we're just beginning a new series today. It's called, it's an extension of Own the Mission campaign that we've had. So it's Own the Mission Spiritual Money Management. And the subject today is going to be flourishing in care and service. We have a text that will guide us through this particular series. It's just a three-part series <clears throat> but the series will be based upon Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. But today's lesson, uh, jumping off of that text, is going to actually be found in the Psalms, Psalm 92, uh, 12 through 15. We'll be looking at about three verses there in Psalm 92, if you want to get your Bibles and be ready. Uh, God bless you for tuning in. Um, before we get into the lesson, if you would, join with me in a word of prayer. Holy Father, we are grateful for many things. We're grateful for life, for the health that we do have. We pray for the ones that are still affected by this particular virus and other illnesses, Father. We have uh, people who are affected by many different illnesses. And we ask for your grace and mercy upon them all. And we pray, Father, that as we uh, trust in you, that we will not be disappointed, but we will be blessed and come through this better than we realize. Lord, we pray that you'd also help us to maintain a meek and mild and modest demeanor. Father, we know that if we are meek and mild and modest, that we do not try to be the trendsetter and we don't try to be the last one in a trend. And so, Father, we pray that as a church, we'll be modest and we will not be the first church out on this COVID virus but we won't be the last either, Father. Help us to be right where you would have us to be, in the middle of the road, uh, doing the right thing, Father. We ask you to keep us close. And Father, in the middle of all that, as we're studying this subject today, help us to learn to flourish in caring and serving. Help us to be greater in both of those qualities as a result of our study. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Now, I know it is hard uh, sometimes to teach rules, particularly on money and giving, uh, because if you have a rule, <laughs> there's an exception to the rule. You just about know it's true. There's going to be somebody. If you come up with a rule, somebody's going to say, I gotcha. And uh, that's just the way rules are. So when we talk about money and giving, and if I were to give you some rules, somebody's going to say, yeah, but there's an exception. Uh, it's kind of like this uh, expert linguistics professor was lecturing one time, and he said this in front of his class. In English, a double negative becomes a positive, but it's not true for every language. He said in Russian, a double negative still remains a negative. 
However, he said, there is no language where a double positive can form a negative. And so one of his students said, yeah, right. So there's always an exception to every rule that you can come up with. Someone can come up and say, oh, but did you think about? So not all giving, for example, is good. We're talking about giving through this on the mission campaign, and we talked a lot about that in the past, but not all giving is good. Someone said, I'm giving away dead batteries for free, no charge. So I think that we think that every form of giving does good, but it doesn't. So there's always an exception. Let me give you a little uh, update on our own the mission campaign, which was involved in three-year uh, giving to help us get the new building that you might have seen going up on Lithia Pinecrest. We are just now coming to the end of the first year. June begins the second year of a three-year giving campaign. So we're 11 months in, and so far we have gathered in something in the neighborhood of $355,000 toward a goal of $1.136 million. And on the present course we're on, we are going to exceed our goal. Not by a lot, but we intend, and it looks like we're going to exceed it. As you know, we'd sold our building. We had $2.1 million, and we've had uh, cash for the king, which we haven't been able to do in the last several uh, weeks, if not months, because of the COVID thing. And we're right now still setting at about 42000 on that. But uh, over the 50000 on our budget, we're at 77000 So right now with the 355000 on the on the mission, uh, we have 2.5, nearly $2.6 million toward the building fund. And if we stay on that, we are projected to reach 3.6 to $3.7 million, which just about pays for the first phase. It doesn't quite anymore pay for the first phase because, as you know, there have been delays and the costs have risen. But I just want to say thank you. You have been amazing. In the middle of this virus uh, pandemic problem that we've been facing, Bell Shows and or Creekside Brethren, have been so faithful. You've been absolutely amazing. And we are, our giving has been steady and sound. So I just want to say thank you and God bless you for that. So this is not a series about trying to get you to give more. It's a series about thinking about it, not only for you, but maybe for our new people. And also uh, for those who are a little bit worried about their giving and doing good things and helping people and serving people and caring for people when you may feel the need to just care for yourself in times like this when you're a little worried. Some actually must, I must be honest, some actually have flourished by self-care. In other words, they just kind of took care of themselves and they did great by doing that. Uh, but these people ultimately fall for they end up trusting their own wealth and it ends up being a problem to them. Listen to Proverbs 11, verse 28. He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. And that's the theme of today's lesson, flourishing in care and service. So during this COVID-19 uh, experience, which is, I'd have to say, a bad time financially for a lot of people, it's still not a time to trust in your own wealth, especially now when it's so not something you can trust in. Let me give you an example of 
of this idea of self-trust and why it's not a good idea. Daniel chapter 4 gives a story from the life of Nebuchadnezzar and what God revealed to him. In verse 4 it says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. He's the richest guy on the earth at that time. Verse 24 says, this is, and he had this dream and it was upsetting to him, and it was about this giant tree that was cut down, and the metal bands were put on the stump. And it's and Daniel was called in basically to interpret it. And so verse 24 says, This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, and seven times, that's probably months, it could be years, shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men. See, Nebuchadnezzar had gotten so big and so powerful He'd forgotten that, and he, he gives it, talking about God, gives it to whomever he chooses. Verse 26 says, Inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you uh, after you come to know that heaven rules. So he had to learn something that some people uh, struggle to learn, and that is that if I trust in what I have done for me, eventually I will fail. I need to learn to trust in the Almighty God, even in difficult times like COVID-19. But now some have flourished not by self-care, but by sharing and caring for others. Uh, and these people ultimately succeed for they trust in God's will. Listen to Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, talking about this tree. It says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So he's like this flourishing tree right next to a river. So even in good times, we need to trust in God, and even in bad times, we need to trust in God. It is always the perfect place to be and the perfect time to trust in God, even when it appears it's not. Now, I want to read now from Philippians 4. I told you this is kind of the theme text for this series. Uh, I want to begin in verse 10 and just kind of give you the background of why I believe this sets the pace for this whole study. He says in verse 10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. And this is that text that everybody applies it to everything else, but it really applies to this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now, in care and service to others, we should flourish. We should flourish always. And we need to know that we should flourish even in, perfect, in places that are imperfect, 
and in times that are imperfect. And I'd have to say, this is one of those times, even in our distresses sometimes, even in our poverty sometimes, as 2 Corinthians 8 talks about how that they gave even in their impoverished conditions, that it's always good to be caring and sharing. That's never a bad idea, however you can do it. Now, Psalm 92, I want to look at three qualities of those who flourish because of their care and sharing of others. And so they end up being very good managers of the things that God gives them. Number one I want you to look at is that we flourish in care and service by persevering. And that's an important lesson, particularly at this time, but it's important all your life. Psalm 92 verse 12 says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Remember that? He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now, these are two very different plants, and that's it's driving home a point that you might miss unless you knew the area and you knew the difference between the two plants. A palm tree, as you well know, if you live in Florida, which we do, you know that palm trees love the heat. I mean, they love it. They can't get too much heat. They love it. They love the wind and the hot wind. They love the heat, and they live in hot places like Florida, like deserts. They love it. Cedars, on the other hand, not so much. Cedars love, and in this case, Lebanon, they love the mountains like Mount Hermon. They go right up to the edge of the snow line. And so cedars, the best cedars in that part of the country, were up in the mountains in the cool and in the cold air. And that's what they loved. Now, if you get that just a moment, he's suggesting some form of, of a perseverance, that the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. When it's hot or when it's cold, we need to be flourishing in our caring and sharing with other people. Second Timothy 4 and verse 2 puts it this way, be ready in season and out of season. We need to be about doing good, whether it's a good time to do it or whether it's a bad time to do it. Ephesians 5 verse 16 uses the term redeeming the time because the days are evil. That means it's always, there's always something wrong. There's never a time when you don't have problems. There's never a time that you don't need to redeem the time and take advantage of it. We need to persevere and we flourish best in caring and serving by persevering whether the times are hot or whether the times are cold whether it looks like a good time to do it or whether it doesn't look like a good time to do it, we want to be doing the will of God and caring and serving others no matter what the time is. The second truth that don't you get from Psalm 92 is we flourish in care and service by praising, by praising God. He says in verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And pay attention to that. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. They had a temple, uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5. Uh, they had to build it according to a pattern. That pattern was they had a courtyard, and then in that was the building, and there was a holy place. Now, the holy of holies, the priest only went in once a year, but they served in the holy place, and the regular people did not go in the holy place. So you have the holy place where the priests serve, 
and led the congregation. And then you had the courtyard where the common brethren went. So there's a message there for all of us. So in the holy house, we worship like priests and that we lead our worship. We lead in it. On the other hand, we'll flourish in the common courts when we worship like common people who follow the worship. So we need to learn to praise God, whether we're leading or whether we're following. Mark Hall in uh, Casting Crowns wrote these words, "I, I will praise you in the storm. So I think we need to learn to praise God whatever the situation. And those who praise the Lord, no matter what the situation, find a way to care and serve other people. Whether you're leading, and you should flourish, or whether you're following, you should flourish. You say, well, I'm not getting to, to lead right now. Why should I? You should be praising the Lord. Listen to this statement from Jonah 2 and verse 1. Jonah prayed to the Lord from the fish's belly. What a place to pray. You know, you say, well, life's hard. Why should I be praying? Why should I be praising the Lord in the middle of my fish's belly? Well, Jonah realized that was the perfect place to pray. Now, he did not know which way faced Jerusalem. (laughs) It's in the dark. There's no candle in the fish's belly. He was there alone with the weird sounds of a fish in the water around him. Verse 7 says, And my prayer went up to you in your holy temple. I may not know which direction Jerusalem was, my church was in, but I knew which way God was, and that's up. And he prayed. Now, in 2 Chronicles 6, it says that they were to pray night and day, pointed toward Jerusalem. In Daniel 6 and verse 10, Daniel prayed three times a day facing Jerusalem. But the point is, is that whether you're leading or whether you're following, you need to try to lift your voice in praise and prayer to God. Because this singing and praying like we have in our service, I love the way we're doing it right now with the songs being sung and we're following along, and I know you've done that. In the middle of what we're in, I don't know, it's just something absolutely so wonderful to me that we are singing and praying and praising God right here where we are. But we also need to flourish in our care and service. And if we are singing and we are praying, then we should be the kind of people who are looking for people that we can help. And we should be looking for a way to serve. And God bless you for giving and all that you've done. But there may be other ways and other people that you know along that path that you should be helping. And maybe even more so than than giving to our own the mission campaign or whatever you might be involved in. A third lesson here is not only we flourish in care and service by persevering and praising, but we flourish in care and service by producing, by being a person who really produces something. It says in verse 14 of Psalm 92, again, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, sometimes old folks stop bearing fruit. I have to tell you, I understand sometimes it's because of health, but sometimes it's just because people retire from everything. I've noticed sometimes folks just retire from everything, not just work, they retire from God. But sometimes, according to this, old folks 
don't retire from it. They keep producing and they don't just produce old ideas. They have fresh ideas and new good works to help. And that's something we recognize in young people. But what it's suggesting is, is whether you're young or whether you're old, you ought to still be producing. You should be flourishing. You should be coming up with fresh ways to do the will of God. Psalm 71 verse 18 says, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, you can see, (laughs) O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Not just, it's not about us. It's about them. One thing I did love about our On the Mission campaign is that we recognize that some of us may not even live to see it finished. I mean, this is actually a three-tiered thing, and it's going to take years for us to finish that building on Lithia Pine Crest. And so I may not even live to see it, and yet I know others who do, and we're involved in trying to, why? For the next generation. We can't live just for us. We must live for the future, the people that are to come, are the little kids that are at church and the kids that have never gone to church that need a church home. Young and old need to flourish to care and serve. And so whether you're young or whether you're old, don't go stale. Don't stop doing things for other people. We flourish in care and service by producing fruit and by producing freshness. So yeah, we all need to be fruitful. We all need to be doing good things and helping other people, but we also ought to be full of fresh new ideas. So uh, the lesson here is, is basically we flourish in care and service by persevering, that is in hot and cold times, praising whether you're leading or whether you're following and producing in fruit and freshness, whether you're young or whether you're old. God can change a selfish heart into a sharing heart. Uh, Ezekiel 17 verse 24 says, in all the trees of the fields shall know that I, the Lord, have brought down the high tree and exalted the low tree and dried up the green tree and made the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken, have done it. He can make a dry tree, one that only cares about themselves, flourish. Uh, He changed me. I believe he can change you if you let him uh, become the one that does something great for others, not just yourself. Care, share, serve other people. Become the one that does something great for the kingdom, like in On the Mission or some other good work. We must learn to share and care for more than just being selfish and self-centered and caring for me. I know that's the tendency possibly at this particular time, but not everybody's there. The other day, and I won't tell you who did this, the other day I was approached by someone who wasn't a member of our church. He handed me $1,000 in cash, and he wanted to be totally anonymous, and he said, give it to anybody that you know needs it. And so we did that, and we'd done that anonymously. But I think the thing that stunned me the most is we gave it to one of our members, some of the money, and we, I mean, given all the money out to different people, but one of our members wrote me a note back saying, we really didn't need that at this time. And I know they're not rich. And so we gave it to someone else. 
That's what I mean. Learn to care and to share and not just focus on your own needs. Mike Gunston of Chicago wrote, it was in a restaurant in downtown Chicago in the mid-60s. I was sitting across from a table of 10 or 12 soldiers. When they headed to pay their bill, they were told that a guest had already paid and wanted to be anonymous. The soldiers looked around the restaurant, searching for the benefactor and said, whoever you are, thank you. And they were the ones who deserved the thanks. And I've never forgotten that moment of grace that made me aware of the impact of an act of kindness with no need for recognition. Or like Sarah Marcy of Providence, Rhode Island, who wrote, a few years ago, I was circling the block to find a park space so that I could get a cup of coffee. A woman walking by flagged me down and said she would go in and get me the coffee if I gave her my order. While she was inside, a spot opened up and I was waiting by my car when she exited. I thanked her when she came out and went to hand her money. She said the coffee was on her. She went on to explain that she had metastatic cancer, and with the time she had left, she wanted to do as many good deeds as possible. I shared with her that I was a cancer survivor, and the two of us, complete strangers, shared a hug, and some tears. She asked me to pay it forward as often as possible, and ever since that day, I make sure to do random acts of kindness for others as often as I can. Then Sharon Dole of Augusta, Georgia said, I was the recipient of a kidney from the altruistic donor, an event that significantly changed my life. Because of my age at 74, I had not considered that a transplant would be an option for me. Candy, my altruistic donor, and I met in a pre-op on the morning of the surgery, and only then did we discover that we are both uh, educators. She was a third grade teacher and former teacher of the year, and I was a teacher in North Carolina. My daughter, Jennifer, had not hesitated to offer one of her kidneys but we were not a match. Jennifer was determined to pay it forward. And just four and a half weeks after my transplant, she had her surgery. The recipient of her kidney was a 35-year-old man in Columbus, Ohio, who had been waiting for a kidney for five years. We all need to be more, to do more, to help more, to share and to care and share the gospel with those around us, especially when times are hard. It's easy to do it when the economy's booming. But when the economy's not booming and things are hard, that's when you know the tough get going. Begin trying to give and get away from the selfishness. And how do you do that? You begin by giving up yourself. Start with believing the gospel of Christ, repenting of your own sins, confessing Christ, being baptized. Live your life for him. Become a giver who shares and serves. God bless you today.